0: From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week I discuss noteworthy developments with JR Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So JR, both the Assembly and State Senate took up the topic of guns last week, and passed a bill that would tighten restrictions on so-called straw gun sales, that is, people who buy guns and then sell them to people who are forbidden from owning guns. Uh, the measure now goes to Governor Walker. Republican Senator Alberta Darling authored the bill and says she did so at the request of Milwaukee leaders who had been pushing this legislation for years, uh, particularly as it pertains to sales at gun shows. So, um, what tipped the scales here?
1: Well. Uh They've been in the works for a long time, so I'm not sure if these shootings in Florida, a couple weeks ago, had anything to do with it, but those shootings definitely had played a role in the debates over those bills because of some of the amendments that Democrats brought up on the floor, um, on that bill in the assembly, on a different bill in the Senate.
0: At the same time, one measure the assembly rejected was universal background checks for gun purchases in Wisconsin. The vote was along party lines. Why did Republicans reject this one?
1: This wasn't something they wanted to take up. Um, Democrats, there are two things at play here. One, Democrats care about the issue and support background checks. All right, there's that. There's also a political game that's played sometimes in the closing days of the sessions where you try to force roll call votes on tough bills that you then get lawmakers on record with their vote that then end up in mailers come October at the election. So there are a couple of things here I don't want to diminish that Democrats care about that issue, but you can't deny that there are... Some politics at play. So, when they were trying to take up the straw purchases bill, the assembly then tried to take a different piece of legislation that would have required the background checks. But that then touched off this like standoff in the assembly. Republicans came back with a substitute amendment on the background checks bill that would instead allow the Department of Justice to provide grants to school districts, employ law enforcement officers. So, there's a lot of politics at play, but you know, part of it is still there's. People care about these issues and are trying to find some solutions to what's going on.
0: And then Republican Representative Jesse Kramer introduced a bill that would allow teachers in private schools to carry guns as a way to defend themselves and students. President Trump has also raised the idea, but it looks like time ran out in the state legislature. Did this go anywhere in the state assembly's um, final session of the year?
1: A lot of these bills that are kind of offered up last minute, they are to make a point or to set up a conversation for next session. This one's to be more about making a point, especially because Kramer's not seeking reelection and not going to be the part of the assembly next session.
0: Moving on to that final floor period from the Assembly, um, the Assembly passed a whole bunch of other bills in its final day of the session on Thursday. But the one that raised a lot of eyebrows was a Foxconn-style tax break that would keep Kimberly Clark from closing its two plants in the Fox Valley. This looked like a total non-starter. Are you surprised that the Assembly even took this up?
1: Well, uh, Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steineck, who's part of leadership, he was behind the bill and pushed it very hard. So not surprised from that standpoint now the question becomes what happens in the Senate you have a smaller margin over there past anything Republicans can only lose uh, one member their 18 member caucus right now and pass a bill with 17 Republican votes uh, I've already heard rumblings that there are some issues with this bill in that chamber now things can change
0: the assembly also passed a per child tax rebate for parents just as school starts this fall and a sales tax holiday for the final weekend in August but now Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald says there's not enough support in the Senate to follow suit. What are Fitzgerald's concerns, and what is the future of these two initiatives?
1: Well, those concerns have been out there for a while. Um, the original proposal from the governor was a straight sales tax rebate of $100 per child this year, checks going out before school started, and then it would be $100 per child tax credit on income taxes going forward. Um, lawmakers are concerned about the long-term spending commitment to that. They want to see some other things. So the package that he agreed to with the Senate Republicans did just a straight rebate this year, $100 per child, and then added the sales tax holiday in August. Well, Scott Fitzgerald's caucus has already rejected a sales tax holiday in the past. Republicans will quietly tell you they think the sales tax rebate is kind of a gimmick in election year. And Senate Republicans have an especially big problem with sales tax holiday, seeing that as a gimmick as well. So Fitzgerald's flat out said it's not going to pass in that form in his house. Well, here's the question then. Governor Walker made that per child rebate a centerpiece of his State of the Union, say the state, I'm sorry, priorities. Senate Republicans passed the bill. So what happens now? Will Senate Republicans amend it and send it back? And say, hey, pass it with just the hundred dollar child rebate and that's it? Or will they not take it up? Or or what happens? But unless they find a compromise, it will die. And that now puts some of the onus on Governor Walker of what is he going to do to twist arms, to cajole, to whatever, persuade these Republicans to get on board his agenda and try and pass this? Because, again, this was a, a, he's got a lot of the stuff he wanted to say the state address. A lot of that's been done, but this is a major piece of that speech and a big priority for, for him ahead of his reelection this fall.
0: And assembly leaders reached an agreement to close the troubled Lincoln Hills juvenile prison in northern Wisconsin by 2021 instead of 2020, uh, stretching out the timeframe a little bit. The deal ended up breezing through the assembly on a unanimous vote. Inmates would be transferred to state-run and county-run facilities. But now, Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald has thrown cold water on that deal. He says the plan is convoluted and could face legal challenges. These are the strongest words that I've heard, at least from Fitzgerald on Lincoln Hills. So what's going to happen on this issue when the Senate comes back?
1: Good question. My sense is that, you know, it was a tense week in the Capitol last week. Republicans in the Senate need to take maybe a week, maybe 10 days, how the dust settle, figure out what was sent over from the Assembly, get a list going, caucus and say, okay, what can we get to 17 votes on and pass? So there's that. Now, with the unanimous vote in the assembly. Backers of that bill say the counties are now on board, which is a concern of Fitzgerald's. The governor wants it very badly. Will Scott Fitzgerald really shut down that bill because he wasn't part of the deal? We'll see.
0: While the Assembly was uh, holding its final day of the year, the State Senate also was working on major items last week, Um, the biggest one being a sweeping welfare reform package. It includes bills that would require able-bodied adults to work at least 20 hours a week for food stamps, asset limits for public assistance, and drug testing for people seeking public housing. The Assembly has already passed the reforms. Um, Now they await Governor Walker's signature, Supporters say this package of bills, uh, with this um, package of bills, Wisconsin could become a model for welfare reform. Why would other states look to Wisconsin as the blueprint?
1: Well, uh, Republicans believe that these bills are popular across the political spectrum. They play well with voters. Um, They did nine of the ten that Governor Walker wanted. The one they didn't do would add a photo ID to the debit cards that people have their own food stamps. There's concerns about that provision from the grocers, for example. So they see this as a winning message with people that kind of caters to a, a thought that people should be doing something, not just receiving a check for doing nothing. So to them and Governor Walker making make this argument over and over about how public assistance should be a, a trampoline, not a hammock, in his words, they think it's a winning message. And that's why they're pushing it right now.
0: Do you think Walker will move quickly to sign the bills?
1: Oh, yeah, everything that they did. I mean, again, that Save the State address that he had in January, they've done a lot of stuff on that agenda. As soon as he can, he will sign it and he'll go out and campaign on it. These are big pieces of Governor Walker's reelection but he had a to-do list for these guys to help shore him up ahead of November, and they've knocked out most of it in short order.
0: Thanks for joining us, Jr. Anytime. That's Wispolitics.com editor Jr. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.